Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It Just just Makes makes sense. Sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And on this episode, we're continuing with 1990s, The Deadliest Decade, with episodes... Oh, episode six, Roid Rage. Six. This uh, sounds good, though. Roid Rage. How many more? Two more. Two? It's yeah. eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm up next. Now, so, before we get started. Lay it on me. I'm a moron. Yeah. <laughs> so last week, guys, I looked up all these things throughout history that happened on 420, and I was like, man, my birthday really sucks. When in reality... Her birthday is when? 419. Had a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I swear Oklahoma City bombing did happen on 419. Uh, I, I'm pretty positive. But, even but when, Hitler's birthday is definitely 420. Yeah, it's 420. For sure. Yeah. Even when confronted with the obvious <laughs> truth by your I was like, no, Jeff, <laughs> moron. You're wrong. It's 419. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to look that up. Look it up. I swear. City bombing. Also, are you so excited? April 19th, 1995. I was right. Are you so excited to be in your new home? I am. New year, new you, new home. One year. One one year. One over one week down. Also, I had an anniversary this weekend. That was nice. My God, so many great things happening. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, aren't you gonna ask what the anniversary was? Like, I didn't, God, I didn't you, really care just, about what was the you, anniversary. You just, you just don't care. About I didn't. Me at well, all. It's the anniversary of what? Fucking bitch. What is it? I'm 90 days sober. <laughs> My God, that's so exciting. Thank you very much. I'm two days. days? <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats to that. Thank you. <laughs> now let's okay. get on with the show. Wait, wow. I have one thing to say. You know, Go I ahead. hate riding bikes. No, I didn't know that at oh, all. Oh, hate it. Hate but it. you like spin. I know, but I'm not good at riding bikes. I'm not good at stopping. I'm not good at avoiding traffic. I'm not good at it. I'm really uncoordinated in spin class. Like, I can't do the push-ups. I can't keep rhythm. I'm really terrible at that. So, we're at... I went to Niagara Falls this weekend with my friend Bridget because we wanted to go to the Cave of the Winds. Okay. We get there, sold out. So, Um, we're like, now what? You don't buy them ahead of time? We didn't know we had to. It's COVID. You don't think you have to buy everything ahead of time? (sighs) Whatever. So, anyways, we're just walking around. Okay. And she's like... Let's rent ridey bikes. They're motorized. And I'm like, okay, I guess. (laughs) Where is this going? (laughs) Not motorized. Not motorized at all. Not even a little bit motorized. I'm flying around sidewalks as I refuse to go on the road where there's cars. Okay, you're not supposed to be Uh, on the sidewalk. And then I'm trying to avoid people, but I can't really control the bike that well. I go over a speed bump. I almost crash into a tree. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was kind of fun by the end of it, but, like, it was scary. That's incredible. I wish you would have had a GoPro on. And... (sighs) That would have been so good. Right. And then I made Bridget take me to Rainforest Cafe for my birthday Then lunch. we could have put it on our Patreon. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though we don't have a Patreon. But I made Bridget go to the Rainforest Cafe with me because even at the age of 34, I was like, Bridget, just wait. Every 30 minutes, there's going to be a rainstorm and the animals come to life. And this is the only Rainforest Cafe in North America with the tigers. Really? <laughs> How exciting. But it's like 1990s animatronic. So we get it and she's just like, oh. <laughs> I just I just met a manager from the Rainforest Cafe <gasps> at the gym. <laughs> can you get us a discount? I'm going back. It's a she. Oh, and maybe. She? Oh my God, that's exciting. So anyways, talking about the 90s. 
Nine the year, 1995. We're off to Miami. That was the year of Oklahoma City bombing. Ugh. Also, remember our trip to Miami? I do. Bad box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scabies. Scabies. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I liked our trip. Did not really like Miami. Yeah, like, we it had wasn't fun. Like my t- my city. Well, I mean, we stayed in North Beach. Maybe if we stayed, stayed South, South Beach, Beach we yeah, would have liked it. It just was not. I actually like when I went on to Miami for the Bills games. We stayed in Fort Lauderdale, and I actually liked Fort Lauderdale yeah. better than Miami. So I don't know. I'd give it another shot. I mean, it did have my favorite bikini bar. <laughs> oh, and your favorite <laughs> dancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so by the mid-90s, Miami was becoming this big boomtown. A lot of celebrities were flocking there to party, spend time. Everyone was going to Miami. Was that when that Will Bienvenido came out? Miami. Yeah. Oh my God, what are we, twins? I love that song. So the place to be was Golden Beach. It was a ritzy neighborhood that also had its own little private police force. Mm, okay. But okay. all the police had to do was, like, keep people off the beach nearby. So yep. I think it was, like, private beaches, and they patrolled. So Frank Grigo was a socialite of Golden Beach, and he was a true American success story. He came here in the mid-'80s from Hungary, and Frank's best friend, Gabor, was like all- Ava? <laughs> I wish. Was yeah. already living in the U.S. and Frank came on his heels. Like, who says that? I said Ava over Zsa Zsa is clearly the, the more famous. Oh, one. yeah. I thought of Ava, though, too. Did you? Weird. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... He start, so Frank started selling cars at a luxury car dealership, but he didn't want to sell them. He wanted to own them. Yeah. So how did he achieve this? Sell drugs. He got into the phone sex business. Since this was before the days of the internet, a good time was just a phone call away. (laughs) By the mid-90s, Frank Giga ran over 40 sex lines. Did you ever call anyone when you were younger like that? No, you did? No. Oh, no. I'm just wondering. Because they were always on, I mean. It was like $10 a minute. It was so expensive. So my parents would have killed me. I never wanted to call the sex lines. I always wanted to call psychic hotlines. Always. (gasps) Yeah. Miss Cleo, Psychic Friends. I would have called, remember Miss Cleo? Right, yeah. Miss Cleo. Call, call me Miss Cleo. <laughs> <laughs> I love Loved that her. Mm-hmm. Ugh, seriously. So anyways, he had over 40 sex lines. He was making a tons of money. So he was more like managing the sex lines and hiring women to work them. Uh... And he would charge $5 a minute. So one of the this is hilarious. One of the we most would be terrible ex- phone sex operators. Horrible. Our voices are so nasally. So nasally. I don't even know how we get one download I, of our podcast. And honestly, <laughs> I would just get so annoyed. I'd be like, no. Get off or like, get out of our Call me daddy. Never. <laughs> mm. Mm, like, daddy. Mm. <laughs> I'd be like, I gotta go. <laughs> I hate talking to the phone. Bank me. I gotta go. <laughs> Man, the idea is to keep them on the line. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. So one of the most successful phone lines that he had was called Hot Duck. And it was so successful because the D was also an F on the phones for the old phone lines. So he would get so many phone calls because people would hit that first and just move on to the next letter. Isn't that so funny? That was pretty brilliant. So one of that line alone made him into a millionaire. Wow. So the only thing missing from his life was a wife. Mm. But rather than look for one, he spent his time at strip clubs. (laughs) (laughs) Looking for women to work on his sex phone lines. 
But this is where he stumbled upon the woman of his dreams. <sighs> a fellow Hungarian, 21-year-old Christina Furtim. Mm. She wasn't a stripper. She just worked at right. the strip club. She was the bartender. And she was Cocktail young, waitress. Right? Mm. The two fell in love, head over heels. I mean, he was also, like, super rich. So. Side note, for our dear listeners that don't know me extremely well, I love strip clubs. Same. Love. There is no better sound in the world than the sound of a stripper's heels slamming on the stage as she comes off the pole. My favorite sound of all time. Love it. But like, okay. Second favorite sound is the sound of her heels clacking yeah. together. <laughs> but like, okay. Love so, strippers. I haven't been to one COVID times. No, me neither. However, I know people who have gone. Yeah. And it's like they hang like plastic sheets up and you have to like slide money underneath or like. That seems so You can like put your hand through like a hole. Like, no. The strip clubs in Buffalo are already (laughs) janky. (laughs) But that. So anyways, by 1995, Frank and Castino were living the high life together. He owned a boat. He had a condominium in the Bahamas. His net worth was over $10 million. They were headed to the Bahamas for a Memorial Day weekend for pleasure and for some business. Frank had mentioned to his friends that he had a business deal going on in the Bahamas, and that was the reason for the trip. So now it's May 25th, 1995, the morning of Frank and Christina's departure. A friend of theirs got an unsettling phone call from Frank and Christina's housekeeper. She said that the dog was going crazy and no one was home. So Frank's friend goes over to the house immediately, and she's on alert. She hears the dog barking and knows something's wrong. She gets into the house and finds the airplane tickets for their trip was still in the house, which at the time was weird because it's not like you pull them up on your phone. Right. Like, if you don't have the tickets with you, you're not going on your trip. Sure. You know? So where were they? And their friend knows that they would never left their dog alone because they knew she knew they were going to the house for like a week. Like, the dog would not have been left right. in the house Somebody by would itself. would have been watching the dog. Yeah, because their dog was like their <laughs> child. Okay. So she calls the police right away. Again, the Golden Beach had its own small police department, and they couldn't deal with a case like this. So that police department contacted the Miami-Dade police right away. But the Miami-Dade police kind of blew them off and said, it's fine. They're adults. They'll return. Like, don't worry about it. No big deal. So no one started looking for them right away. It wasn't until two days later, on May 27th, 1995, a Florida Highway Patrol trooper in the Everglades noticed something unusual on the side of a road. What was it? An abandoned Lamborghini. Oh, yeah, I would say that that's unusual. Right? In like the a car like that? Yeah. There was a Golden Beach registration sticker on the car, so they called the Golden Beach police, and the car was identified as Frank's. So now, obviously, something for sure had happened. There was no one in the car. They were missing. Mm-hmm, something more mm-hmm. was going on. And where are they? I can't believe they were missing for two days, and, like, the police didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. two I days seems ex- wild. Yeah, isn't yeah. It tw- well, what was it back in the day? I don't know. It might have been. Wasn't always 24 yeah, hours? 48 hours, maybe for adults. Because like, kids, maybe 24, but yeah. like adults. I don't hmm. know. That just I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Police are now taking it seriously, finally. They know there's a dark side to Miami. At one point, it was the number one homicide city in America. Really? I never knew that. Yeah. Wow. So the police head to Golden Beach to start interviewing everyone. They speak with Judy, the friend who had called the police. And she told the police she had seen the couple the night before because she wanted to see them before they left for the Bahamas. When she got to their house, she noticed that 
a guy there and she didn't recognize him. And Judy's such like a busybody best friend. Like it would be like if I went to your house and I was like, there was a guy there. I didn't know him. Weird because I know all of their friends. Like that's kind of <laughs> like what she was saying, you know? I She's loved, like, so this is strange. I love Judy. Right. So she said he was super muscular and he shook her hand. Um, and <laughs> she's also crazy because she literally says, when he touched my hand, and I swear I'm not I'm not psychic, but I swear this happened. Is the it was the first time that I ever felt pure evil in my life. <laughs> the touch of his hand, like she's fucking crazy. I mean, <laughs> some people just are in tune. But I like oh, she goes, and I swear I'm not psychic. <laughs> this is the first time. So she said there was another guy with them, and they were going to Guy Shula's new restaurant, and they invited Judy to go with them for dinner. But Judy said no. Thank you. That seems so, strange. That's what I said. But Frank and Christina were with them. So that uh, makes more sense. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. I thought that too. And then, like, uh, they were like, side note, Frank and Christina left. It. So I was like, they were with them. That's uh, why. All right. Sense. I was like, yeah. why would they invite her? Right. So Frank and Christina left in their Lamborghini with the muscular men behind them. And that was the last time Judy ever saw them. So the police start looking through the Lamborghini. They find fingerprints, but there's nothing in the database for them. And they start looking at the men that Judy had described. They try to find any recent abductions and if there was any connections between those and Mark and Christina's. And it turns out there is a similar case. What was it? Apparently, over a month ago, this guy Mark Schiller, who was born in Argentina, came to America in the late 80s. And by the mid-90s, he was a millionaire for medical billing and owning delicatessens. Interesting combination. Right. On November 15th, 1994, apparently as he was walking to a parking lot, he was grabbed by several, several big muscular men and put him. they put him into a van. They put a gun to his face, blindfolded him, and they drove him to a mini warehouse. That sounds like a gay porn or two I've watched. Where they kept him for the next 30 days. Whoa. Skip he was tortured and threatened. <laughs> they wanted his money and property. They beat him, shocked him with tasers, tied him up. They wouldn't let him go to the bathroom. They'd run him into walls. Like, it was crazy. So they didn't stop until finally Schiller signed over all the documents. He signed over his house. He liquidated his checking accounts, whatever they wanted. He just signed anything they put in front of him so that he could get out. And once they had what they wanted, he knew, like, his days were numbered. Like, once he signed it, he knew he was going to die. Like, how long do you think you could last? A day. Yeah, I would say... Two days, maybe. Like, I was just uh, talking about naked and afraid, and how many days you could last naked and afraid. I think I could last 24 hours. I think a naked and afraid, I could last longer in a situation like that. I feel like a situation like this, as a woman, I'd be terrified I was going to get raped. So I would just, Mm. like, I... You know what I mean? I see. I would just be like, I'm dead, just kill me. Yeah. Because I'd rather die. Mm. So I don't know. Got it. And then, um, and also, I was surprised because I'm like, what about his family? Like, like his you're wife going missing for 30 days yeah. and no one looks so at So, apparently, huh. That's strange. they made him call his wife and tell her that it was going to be out of town for a month on business and she should take the kids to her mother's house immediately. Again, she just, like, goes along just with that. Just think that that's like, okay? That's like, he doesn't weird. come home to say goodbye or anything? Right. Yeah, that's very strange Right. So, on December 15th, his captures... His captures forced tequila and whiskey down his throat, followed by several sleeping pills. Then they put him in a car, doused it with gasoline, opened a propane tank, and tossed matches Whoa. in. It started a fire, but Schiller opened the door and was able to roll around on the ground and get out. Oh, good. 
So despite being in pain, he was desperate to get away. But then they ran him over with their car. Holy fuck. And then they U-turned and ran him over again. Wow. So when he stopped moving, they assumed he was dead, so they left. He didn't die. Really? Like, are you fucking kidding me? He was sat on fire, ran over twice. Like, and the show just stops there. They're like, they thought he was dead, but he wasn't. That's it. Don't mention it again. Really? Until like 20 minutes later. Uh, How? I need to know, did he crawl to get help? How did, How did he make it to the survive? hospital? Like, what happened? Interview him for me. Did he get an Uber? How did he make it? Was he even to, on the show? Like, yeah. Oh, they okay. had him on the show, but they just, like, cut him off then. That's so weird. But anyway, so apparently the police think this sounds familiar. Did the same people who took Mark Schiller take Christina and Frank? And if they did, are they still alive? Then we kind of, they just go, he got himself to a hospital um, Frank Schiller, after six hours of surgery, he had a ruptured bladder, a broken pelvis, burns all over his body, bruises all over his body. And when he wakes up, the doctors were like, someone must have found him. Because when they woke up, the doctors were like, you were in a car accident. And he was like, fuck, no, I wasn't. I was kidnapped. And they're like, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, yes, I do. And no one would believe him. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he refused. Right. So then he just gave up on trying to file a police report because no, no one, one believed him. him. So he went to a private detective, a private eye, and the private detective tells a him private that, dick, if you will. Right. The private dick tells him he needs to get the fuck out of Dodge as soon as possible because mm. when they find out he's alive, they're going to kill him. Wow. So he goes up Why to- Why do they want to kill him? Just be- I mean, just because he survived? Yeah. And they, like, have all his assets. He probably could have, like, um. got it back. So he goes up to New York to Staten Island with his sister and because he could have identified them. Oh, yeah. But he- um, but he keeps working with the private eye to find out who did this and try to recover his assets. Okay. So he thinks it might have been an old business associate, George Delgado. Mm. Okay, again- a million people in this case. Always. <laughs> Always. Schiller had given Delgado a job and it actually ended up selling and he ended up selling Delgado one of his businesses because he thought he was just really great, a great business guy, prominent business person. Um, so he became more of like a business associate than okay. a worker for him. But the relationship took a turn when Delgado started to make some life changes. He was kind of like a super skinny guy, kind of nerdy, and he wanted to bulk up. So he started to go to Here Sun Jim. Here come the roids. Got it. Right. And Sun Jim was known around Miami for being a gym for bodybuilders. Miami in the 90s was all about how you looked on the beach, right? Sure. Big muscles, all those things. Do you remember Big Angie's show, Miami Monkey? No. Oh, you don't? I don't think I, I never even heard of it. Really? I only knew her from Mob Wives. Oh yeah, she opened a bar in Miami, and that was one of her spinoffs. I P. You look it up. You're, I will. You will love it. I wonder if I can. I sure watch it. Find somewhere. it somewhere. VH1 Absolutely. App or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Delgado starts going to Sun Gym, and he gets a trainer, Danny Lugo. Danny Lugo was revered as like is that the word revered, revered <laughs> as a god at Sun Gym. All this guy did was spend the days at his gym pumping iron. And Degato started spending a lot of time at the gym with him, and people started noticing changes in him. He started to become more aggressive and strutting around the area like a hot shot. Never once did they say he was on steroids. Well, I think that's pretty obvious. Right. But as the new year begins, Delgado asks Mark Schiller to meet him and Lugo about a business deal. And it was something to do with illegal business dealings. Mm. They didn't say what on the show. But Schiller was appalled and told Delgado, you can either be friends with me or you can be friends with this guy, but 
I'm not going to hang out with you if you okay. go through with this. So Delgado chose Lugo, and Delgado and Schiller sever- severed all ties. Like, Schiller wanted mm. nothing to do with him. So then he had him kidnapped. So this is why Schiller believes Delgado could have had his kidnapping Got arranged. it. Okay. Schiller couldn't see his captors, but he could hear them, and he noticed a lisp that he had heard before, and it was Danny Lugo from the gym. You dummy. So he knew Delgado was involved. So fast forward to January 1995, Schiller's private eye is now working on trying to find the people who had kidnapped Mark Schiller. He gets all the documents that Schiller had signed over to his captures. How did he find them? Wow. But I'm sure if, like, once you... Oh, like, them. sure. Yeah, you know. And he noticed that they're all notarized because it has to in order to get over, like, life insurance oh, yeah, policies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, bank sure. accounts, right? Like, any and of those documents. And all notarized by a guy named, guy named John Neese CPA. And he went to high school with him. With who? The private eye. Oh, really? How wild is wow. that? And Small world. he's the owner of Sun Jim. What a coincidence. what a coincidence. Shocker. So the private eye goes to meet with John Neese. He sets up like a meeting with him and he was like, hi, what are these documents? You notarize this and why? And John Neese was like, it's just a business deal. I have two friends like Delgado and Lugo. They introduced me to Mark Schiller and they brought Mark in and I notarized things and Mark was just doing this as a business deal. Okay. And the private eye was like, that's a fucking lie. (laughs) I know what's happening. And the guy was like, oh, my memory's vague, but that's kind of what I remember of it. So he offers to bring in Delgado and Lugo in for a meeting and is like, they'll explain everything. Like, it was a business deal, whatever. Could you imagine if I no. was a private eye? I wouldn't go. Uh, right? I'd be go. so freaked I'd out. I'd be so scared. they were going to get at me But and he's like, me. yeah, bring them in. This guy is a fucking Brave. badass. Brave. Holy shit. So Lugo is a no-show, but Delgado shows up. Okay. And he said, like, this is all a business deal. Everything was on the up and up. And the private eye was like, come again? Because Mark Schiller isn't dead. Because they think Mark Schiller is dead. dead. yeah. And he goes, Mark Schiller isn't dead. And you want to know what? He's going to testify against you in court, motherfuckers. Wow. What did Delgado do? Freak out. So Delgado was shook. He was like, fuck, 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 fuck. So he said he'll give everything back to Schiller. He'll give him back all of his assets. But on one condition, he can never go to the police about what happened. Fuck that. So they sign a contract that says as long as Schiller's assets are all returned, everything's returned, they won't go to the police. Yeah, but that's not like illegal. Like, I mean, they can get out of that contract. Right. But one month later, they still hadn't gotten Schiller's house back. And, or I should say what's left of it, because they went through and fucking sold everything. They Mm. emptied out the entire house. You know, everything was gone. So the private eye convinces Schiller to come back to Miami, meet with the police, and file charges. Okay. But Schiller was scared. I mean, I would be. I would be scared. Fuck that. No. So the police were skeptical about Mark Schiller's story because, like, how, why did it take so long to report it? I mean, it it does sound crazy. Right. Yeah. And if they did all this to him, why would he have not reported it sooner? All this stuff. So then the police only treat the case as just a simple robbery. Uh, And that's it. Not an assault, not Not an attempted murder. Extortion, all that stuff. No, it's just a robbery. He was robbed. So now we still have Frank and Christina kidnapped. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like... That's that's not even the main part of the show. And it sounds (laughs) like it could have been the Sun Jim gang. That's like what they're being referred to as now. Oh, oh, okay. Which means they could still be alive somewhere. I thought when you said, and it could be the Sun Jim gang, I thought 
like you were talking like that was going to be their son's name jim oh. gang <laughs> i was like oh i didn't even catch that they had a son when did the son come in <laughs> I can't. the son jim gang. gang got it so the police go back to our bestie judy oh hey jude and this time they bring photos with them of the Sun Jim gang. <laughs> and join, Judy points out Danny Lugo and Adrian Dorbell, who was like also involved in this. His last crew. name is Dorbell? Mm hmm. Oh, I like it. Right? Ding dong. And she said 100% positive that, <gasps> that was, was who them. was with them that night. Judy got it. So right. they, they might still be alive. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, this is crazy. But they didn't know where they would be. Right. And they can't make any arrests in their kidnapping because they don't have any proof that they did. Yeah. But what they could do. Tell me. Is bring them in on charges of kidnapping and extortion of Mark Schiller. Uh, Finally. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they race to find Danny Lugo and the rest of the Sun Jim gang. Did they get him? It's now June 3rd, 1995. At 7 a.m., they go, get to the home of Danny Lugo and they find more links to the missing couple. Okay. They find Frank's business card, Christina's red shoes, red miniskirt, and red jacket. At this she point, she loved red. Oh. <laughs> At this point, how long were they missing for? So, June couple months? 3rd. No. May 25th was when they were supposed to go on their trip, and it's oh. June 3rd. Oh, okay. So, so like, like, not that week, long. A little yeah. over a week. 10 days. Oh, they found Christina's red. All red. Red, everything things. red, yep. But they can't, they don't find Lugo. They needed him because he was, like, the ringleader. But they did arrest Delgado. They And Delgado will not say where Lugo is. But they do find Lugo's girlfriend. Okay. They always talk, right? Mm-hmm. So she'll for sure crack. As soon as the money starts slipping away. Right. However, Danny Lugo had told his girlfriend that he was a CIA operative. <laughs> did you believe that? Yes. <laughs> and to never tell anyone what he did or where he was <laughs> or what he was doing because he was undercover and, like, it would ruin the USA's operatives that's, that's if incredible. she told anyone. <laughs> Good for her. I mean, I feel like maybe I'd believe it. I would. It would depend on the life we were living. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I would completely bury my head in the sand. Yeah, 100%. I would be one of those spouses like, that didn't know that right, their like, significant other was stealing yes. thousands like, of dollars. People are always like, how did Teresa Guidice oh, from yeah. the Real Housewives not know that her husband you was doing You don't want to know. Bitch, I'd sign anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have $20 million. I'll sign, sign on the it. line. Now I I'm would in, not ask Now I'm in federal question. prison. <laughs> But it'd be white collar. It'd be fine. Right? That's what I'm saying. They did not make it through. Divorced. He was deported. I know. (laughs) So, after 20 hours, the police finally convince her that he wasn't a CIA agent. And she finally cracks. She confesses Lugo was hiding out in the Bahamas. (gasps) So, they find him in a hotel in the Bahamas. And on June 8th, he's arrested and flown back to Miami. Good. So, now they have everyone in custody. But they still don't know where Frank and Christina are. On June 9th, Lugo takes them to an irrigation ditch where they find human re- remains oh, in two 55-gallon barrels. What Lugo didn't tell them was that the bodies were missing parts and pieces. What they yeah, found was two bodies that were headless and handless. The bodies were dismembered by a chainsaw, and there was no fingerprints, no teeth, and no faces. No. So the remains could have belonged to anyone. anybody. So they were. They, they had totally the evidence to show the jurors, but. There was no evidence that it was definitely Christina Them, and yeah. Frank. And they DNA wasn't like right. super popular. However, 
An autopsy provides an important clue. What was it? One of the torsos, they find a breast implant that had a serial number. They traced the serial number back to Christina. I didn't know they had serial numbers on them. Yeah. Well, now I can never have one. I don't want to be traced. (laughs) Well, if someone kills you and chops off your head and burns all your fingerprints off of the acid. Takes the breast with them, though. Mm. You know what I mean? You got to cut those off, too. Now I know when I kill someone. Right. Now if you kill a stripper. Check for the implants. You got to cut the titties off. Not even strippers. Anybody at these days. True. Anybody. (laughs) No, it's the trend to get them out nowadays. So then, I know. I... I don't, I'm not a boob person, so, like, I could care less. I Mine mean, are so small and gross that it's, like, whatever. <laughs> I'm a 12-year-old I mean, boy, and I could care less. <laughs> You're ridiculous. So, then, an anonymous phone call came in, directing the police back to the Everglades, where Frank's car was found. Okay. I want to know who was this anonymous phone call. You never find out. And the police were led to another, another large set of... Drums filled with the heads and hands of the couple. Uh, but they had removed sick. all of the teeth. But There's probably gold in them. They missed one. A molar and a forensic dentist was able to match it to Frank. I want to be a forensic dentist. Because like, you don't have to worry about your clients. They're all dead. Yeah. You but know? did you know dentists have like one of the highest rates of suicide? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So back to this. What was the motive for this? All they could come back to was greed. People had heard about how much money Frank had, so since the Sun Gang had burned through Schiller's money, they started targeting Frank. They arranged a dinner meeting with Frank and Christina to discuss a business venture in China. That night they went to dinner, and their fr- that's when their friends had last, last seen them alive. Uh, you think they would have killed Judy if she would have went to dinner? Oh, probably. Yeah. Thank God she didn't. Judy's smart. Seriously. So the men are tried on 97 counts. Good. For Mark Schiller, Frank, and Christina. George Delgado accepts a plea deal, but Danny Lugo goes to trial. And then there's the events leading up to the death of Frank and Christina are revealed. So they ended up actually going back to this guy, Dorbel's townhouse. So it was like Dorbel, Delgado... Lugo, and then they also they mentioned charges against the niece guy, the CPA. Okay, so that's kind of who's like involved in this. So they had tended to go with Frank and Christina. Um, they intended to do to Frank and Christina what they had done to Schiller. So they wanted to like kidnap them, extort them, sure, get all their stuff, yeah, right. Yeah. So they wanted to do that, but the plan went kind of horribly wrong. Dorbel tries to choke Frank, but Frank fights back, and okay. Dorbel wasn't expecting that. So in order to get the upper, upper hand, Dorbel immediately just starts beating him and just, like, beat him to death. Wow. Christina tried to run and help Frank, but Lugo slammed her down on the floor and, when and like, demanded the code of their house. And she was kind of fighting back and screaming, but he injected her with a horse tranquilizer, and she became disoriented. Jesus. So they were able to get the – she eventually gives him the numbers to the house – but when he gets to the house, it's not the right numbers. Because she's on a tranquilizer. Oh, yeah. Like, she's she just saying she's numbers. Saying, yeah. So when he calls from the house back to Dorval's townhouse, like, those aren't the right numbers. Get her to say the right ones. She's dead. Uh, she was overdosed. They fucked up. Yeah, for sure. So now they had nothing and had to dispose of the bodies. So they brought them to a warehouse where they had Schiller, where they had kept Schiller before, and they chopped up the bodies and separated all the body parts and threw them into Alligator Alley. Mm. What you said you would do. Yeah. So they threw like the fingerprints, the teeth, like all of that stuff into no, alligator, I didn't say alligator alligator. I thought you did. No, I said war I said warhawks. Oh. From um 
Like from Sil- the one Silence of the Lambs movie? Oh, I never saw any of those movies. Oh, okay. They scare me. Yeah, I would do alligators. Maybe I did say alligators You did. Too. I swear you did. Yeah, I probably said alligators <laughs> first and then said the warthogs. So honestly, please even say now, they probably wouldn't have gotten caught. But thanks to Mark Schiller. Oh. If Schiller um, had died, they probably would have wouldn't have caught them, honestly. So the jury finds them all guilty. Good. There wasn't one count out of the 97 that the jury did. On all counts? On all counts. Wow. So Dorbal and Lugo were given the death penalty. Delgado was sentenced just to 15 years in prison. That's it. I find that strange. And John Neese was sentenced to 57 years. And all he did was, like, sign off, notarize the That's paperwork. That's so weird. Isn't that crazy? But I wonder if it's because... I mean, Delgado signed a plea snitch? deal, so oh, I wonder why. if he's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's But why. still, 15 years? That's it? Yeah, that's why, because he was the snitch. Yeah, well, on September 2002, after serving only seven years, Delgado was released from Everglades Correctional Facility. Wow. In tw- 2004, John Meese died from a stroke while in prison. And because of the changes to capital punishment laws, Dorbell had his death sentence overturned in 2017. He may still come before a jury if Miami prosecutors seek the death penalty. Wait. They don't have the death penalty in Florida anymore? I find that hard to believe. Yeah, they changed, they over, overturned it. I just find that hard to believe. I'm just telling you what Wikipedia is. OTF, about. Ohio, Texas, Florida. I, know. I mean, I always, those are always together. And then Lugo still remains on death row for the murders, but he's made multiple unsuccessful appeals against his sentence. Mm, I'm still confused on why this episode was called Road Rage. Like they worked at it, they worked because out at a gym, gym, but like prove me that they are on steroids. <laughs> Prove what? that steroids is what drove them to do this. Whoever created this series <laughs> never needs to work in TV again. Also, this was made into a movie with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. Oh, I saw it. It's called Pain and Gain. You I saw, saw it. it. And yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. recognize anything that happened no, through this I entire didn't. case. But now that you said, I, I, I <laughs> but totally remember. it was rem- like a dark comedy, not really like yeah. an action movie. I totally remember it, too. Was and it there's, good? There's like... I. I, like, vaguely remember it. I remember there's a scene where they, like, the couple shows up and the, like, the Christina character is really dumb. Like, yeah, no, it was not a good movie. (laughs) I do remember it now. But I'm like, Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. And it sounds great. Mm. Hotties. Hot teas. Mm. I just heard today that Rock, The Rock spoke at the Republican National Convention in 2006. I was like, huh, who knew? Ew. Huh? Also, did you see that um, Caitlyn Jenner is running, running for, governor? for governor? I did. I hate her. Mm, I'm not a fan either. I just feel like she's mean. Yeah. So, like, she has no endearing qualities to her whatsoever. N- not even one. No. What she did to those poor Kardashian girls. Okay, th- that has nothing <laughs> to do with she- my feelings <gasps> about How- her. With what happened with her not going to Chloe, was it Chloe's wedding? Mm, and did you hear maybe. the tea on the internet that they thought back in the day that he slept with um, Lamar? Stop. Yeah. That is a lie. That yeah. is a lie. Lamar would never do that. Yes, he would. I don't think so. He was a drug addict who slept with all no. kinds of hookers. No. Take that back. There's no way. <laughs> okay, this is devolved into a whole other chapter. Lamar. I'm more like, oh, I hate Caitlyn Jenner because she literally caused a car accident where an 
69-year-old activist died, and everyone just seems to ignore it. Oh, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, she didn't want to stop for a traffic light, so she swerved around traffic, caused head-on collision, and killed a 61-year-old woman. Huh, I thought you just said they were 69, but no, I don't remember that 60-year-old, I should say, because I don't Um, know the exact age. But she was like an activist. mm, Dead. That's sad. She doesn't care. So, anywho. Anyways, listeners... Let us know what you thought about Roid Rage. Yeah. You, I mean, the story is kind of wild. It is wild. Like, it, it was a good, it's much better than the other ones right. that we watched. And how but... did I never hear about it? No, I don't. Because well, yeah. you would think it was made into a movie with, like, Mark Wahlberg and yeah. The Rock. Like, it would have been more of a thing, but I've never heard no. of it. Interesting. Hmm. So let us know what you think. Don't up. forget to follow us on Instagram as um, It Just Makes Sense Podcast or follow me at WWSamInTheBuff. And you can always go to our Facebook discussion page if you ever want to discuss cases, suggest cases, just hang out and say hey. You know. Follow me on Twitter and tweet back at me. I get really lonely that no one ever retweets or even likes my tweets. <laughs> Humor me at Jeff Steve on Twitter. Thanks. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave reviews, and always word of mouth. Tell people you love us. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.